honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Wigan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again today, as this is finally, after 10 bleeping seasons of covering the Timberwolves on Timberwolves Explosion, the Minnesota Timberwolves are indeed in the 2018 NBA Playoffs. And a lot like last time, we got to play the Rockets. And, well, the Rockets are one of the higher-powered teams of the NBA. In fact, I'm picking them to win the whole enchilada this year. But, we're in. And, uh, well, that's the first time around. It's it's always like that the first year, right? Where you just kind of get in and you get out right away, that type of thing. I don't know. I hope we don't get out right away. It'd be nice to be one of those miracle upset teams, but... Uh, I don't like our I don't like our odds. The matchup sucks. Of course, we'll talk about that in the second segment. We're gonna do an NBA playoffs preview. I'll give some predictions and such. I won't go super hard and heavy into all the other teams. It'll mostly be about our series for the first time in ten years. I've done this show for ten years. This is the tenth full season of Timberwolves Explosion, and we made the playoffs for the first time. So yeah, uh, a lot of people on Dan Barrero and other shows are talking about how what they were doing, how old they were, and what was popular, what was this, what was that, back in 03-04, the last time the Wolves made the playoffs. And in fact, it was their only successful playoff run. And before that, they'd missed the, they'd, they lost in the first round every year. So extremely frustrating on that point. Segment number one will basically be the three wins in a row that helped us get there, and it took all three. You look at the standings, though, and of course, I'm not going to go super hard and heavy in the final games, maybe a little bit in the 11th, or yeah, the April 11th, which ended up being a wonderful inside job for the Wolves, 4-11, yes, <laughs> uh, well, inside and then we were at home and all that, but, um, well, the Timberwolves make it by the skin of their teeth, yet at the same time, two two games behind the Portland Trailblazers for the third seed, so it's like, go figure, it sucks, Um it's like you want. You're frustrated. You thought this team could run better. They should have a higher seed. They could maybe like actually get beyond the first round this year. I think the chances would have been extremely high. The Wolves get out of the first round right out of the gate, rather than flounder in the first round for like a decade practically in the Garnett and Flip era until the very end of it. And yeah, and that was the end of it. They finally advanced, and that was it until today. Until today, April. <laughs> April 13th, 2018. That's some BS, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that it took a little while. Just a couple years, you know. A couple, 14 bleeping years. But but it happened. Uh, it was four years before Timberwolves explosion started. Man, that's like Abraham Lincoln that, that far back. Gosh, they just ended the Civil War. But, okay, just kidding. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's just get to the three games. And it, it, just the frustration. You know, the end of the day, games... Like that last Denver game, there's 48 wins. The Utah game, okay, yeah, well, you know. That crappy Memphis game, that would have been 49 wins, and you could easily find one more that would have given us 50 wins very easily, along with if Jimmy Butler didn't get hurt, all of that. We might have been number three with a bullet if Jimmy Butler didn't get hurt. I think the chance is very high of that. And it's it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, the last place team in our division was the Denver Nuggets, 
and they had 46 wins. I mean, when's the last time that happened? I mean, look at the rest of the NBA. Last place team, Brooklyn, 28 wins. Chicago in the Central Division, 27. Southeast Division, Atlanta, 24 wins. Denver, 46 in the Northwest. Pacific Division, 21 wins for Phoenix. They'll be the top possibility for the, the number one pick, but that rarely happens. Memphis, 22 wins in the Southwest Division. And they beat us a couple times this year, including one late. Really embarrassing. Um, yeah, you always have embarrassing losses along the way. Oy, we even had a loss to Atlanta. We lost to Chicago. We lost to all the last place teams. Didn't we lose to Brooklyn? Yeah, we lost to Brooklyn. We lost to all the last place teams. Doesn't that make you feel great? Yeah, this team, 51 wins, like, you know, pretty easily. I think 51 wins very easily. Even even if Butler didn't get hurt. But if Butler getting hurt, yeah, definitely. 51 wins, and there's your number three seed. And we'd play, who would it be, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, which wouldn't be the easiest matchup in the world, but it's easier than Houston. <laughs> so let's talk about the Laker game a little bit. A game where the Wolves were down by 10 at one point in the first half. That's kind of crappy. Jimmy Butler made his return, and the Wolves finished strong in the second half, 29-15 to in the third quarter, 33-23 to in the fourth. The Wolves blew them out in the second half, but boy, that first half looked a little bit scary. Fun, entertaining game. Jeff Teague, very strong, very much focused. And it's like, hey, you know, after that frustrating loss to the Denver Nuggets just a couple days before, yeah, I mean, let's finish this thing. And Jimmy Butler brought that energy, 7 of 10 from the floor in only 22 minutes in his first game back. Obviously, you don't want to get him too winded. He managed to get four steals. And it was nice to see. It was a completely different vibe with this team in the second half. In the first half, it was like, here we go again. We're playing like crap. Uh <laughs> <laughs> got to a point, you got to empty the bench a little bit. You got to see a little bit of Cole Aldrich. But then again, I guess, you know, uh, Nemanja Bialica back in the reserve role, which is unfortunate, and he was one of six from the floor. Hopefully you can get him going and get him some, some significant minutes again. But I don't know. With this coach, you don't know what's going to happen with guys' minutes. Very sporadic at times. But a entertaining, fun second half, and the Wolves end up pulling away. From the Los Angeles Lakers, Vince Germano said he was actually cheering for us that night, which is very nice of him, and yeah, because he knew how important that game was for the Timberwolves. You lose any of these games, we don't make it. So, that's just, it was that simple, and the Wolves made it. Denver had been playing fantastic, and luckily the Wolves survive in overtime. Whew! On Wednesday, on Wednesday night, over. The Denver Broncos. No, the Denver Nuggets. Oh, boy. Memphis Grizzlies, that just had us all like scared, especially we trailed by 10 to them, too, in the first quarter. By 10. But then we the Wimbledon's go on a 15-0 run. How nice is that? And you see the beautiful Magic Johnson-like dish in the third quarter from Derrick Rose. The guy brings the energy. He even batted a pass forward, which ended up leading to a fast-break dunk for Jimmy Butler. I like what Derek Rose, Derek Rose, I'm too excited, brings to the Timberwolves. It is very, very appreciated. It looks like he's accepting of his role, which is basically like a backup shooting guard. He's taking some minutes away from Joel Crawford, but not necessarily as the Wolves play basically tiny ball, you could say. Now, this is Monday, the 9th of April, 113-94. The Wolves did to Memphis what they should have done the last game as well, which should have given us 48 wins and probably not the final seed in the playoffs, but maybe still, I don't know, probably not though. Um, 113 to 94 just pounded them, particularly in that fourth quarter, 30 to 19. But again, trailing by 10 
at one point in that first quarter. Crazy. That 15-0 run stretched into the second quarter, which had the Wolves scoring 36 points. And that was a, a fun feeling, and the Wolves hung on the rest of the way. Carl Anthony Towns was dominant, 24-18. and 18. Jeff Teague still extremely solid, basically picking up where he left off, though a little bit sloppy in the game, turning the ball over. But could have been a lot worse. Uh, Butler down to 23 minutes again in the game, and that's good. That's good, getting him going again. So good on Tom Thibodeau, keeping his minutes down a little bit. 9-11 for free throws. I like, I like that number. It's funny. Uh, it was an inside joke. Yeah, I keep saying it. Love the dish, though, from Derrick Rose. That was entertaining. That was cool. 13 points off the bench for Derrick Rose, showing that athleticism, that quickness, and a little bit of effort defensively, which is nice. He was never known as a great defender, but you're seeing the effort. And I think Derrick Rose is bringing a nice role to this Timberwolves team, and I'd like to have him back, frankly. Uh, Jimmy Butler is very much in the Derrick Rose corner as well. He wants him here long-term, and that would be nice. Of course, not some big, giant contract that's going to you know, stymie the salary cap as you got to still send Carl Anthony Towns. And again, Jimmy Butler needs to be re-signed before his contract is up in the next year or two. So, yeah, <clears throat> the extension needs to happen in the next year or two, per se, for Jimmy Butler. Um, it's going to get interesting how things go there. I would like the Wolves to bring Derrick Rose back, as long as he's accepting of his role and doesn't expect to be getting, you know, 48 minutes. No, like 38 minutes, something like that. Uh, Jeff Teague very much playing solid in the game. And I, I think he's a fitting starter. It, you know, I mean, it won't kill us if Derrick Rose spot starts at times next season. Obviously, he's not going to start any games this year. Uh, at least I highly doubt it. And if he does, I mean, somebody very significant got hurt. and We don't need that happening. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I like him in this reserve role. He can play with a lot of energy and such, and it's pretty cool. Uh, you're seeing the athleticism. He doesn't have quite the step he had before the injury, and of course he doesn't, but he looks a lot more athletic than he did with the Cavaliers, per se. Uh, he looks more athletic than he did with the uh, the Knicks, and certainly with the Bulls post-injury. He looked awfully slow with the Bulls. They didn't see the energy, and you're seeing a lot of it here in Minnesota. So, very cool, and Derrick Rose showing that he does belong in the NBA still in a big way. Um, and it's cool to see the athleticism and the drive from Derrick Rose that you may or may, may or may not have seen, particularly in Chicago at the end there. It was frustrating. But a nice pull-away victory for the Minnesota Timberwolves in this one. 11-14 from the floor from Carl Anthony Towns. The efficiency was awesome and very much welcome <laughs> to all of us Timberwolves fans in this game. And thank God. <laughs> Dylan Brooks, that's going to drive me crazy. Marshawn Brooks and Dylan Brooks. Oh, well, Marshawn Brooks did his thing for Memphis, and we'll move on from that. Good luck to him in the future. Hopefully he can get on a roster next season, as their season is definitely over. Uh, Minnesota and Denver, April 11th. Minnesota Timberwolves end up surviving it. It went to overtime. It wasn't the game 83 or anything, like in baseball. You know, there used to be the game number 163, this and that, and they eliminated that by having literally having a wild card game every year because of how entertaining those game 163s were. Now it's literally just a wild card game, and a lot of you sports fans know that already. This was only the third one of these uh, since the uh, NBA moved to this playoff uh, playoff bracket in the in, in 1983 in the early 80s. There, pretty cool stuff. Only the third time ever where literally the two teams playing in the final game of the season was literally do or die. One team makes the playoffs, one team doesn't, and whoever wins the game obviously is in. 
pretty cool. Only the third one ever, and this is the first one in 21 years. So pretty sweet to be a part of this and to be on the winning side. I got to think the home team is favored like 90% of the time in these type of games. Particularly those wild card games, the home team always wins in baseball. In baseball, <laughs> obviously. <clears throat> they always do. Um, obviously the Yankees last year, despite the Twins opening up 3 nothing in that first first inning, as exciting as that was, it turned very quickly. Irvin Santana's playoff history kind of came back to reality in a hurry in the bottom of the first inning. But luckily, the Wolves' playoffs, uh, playoff hopes did not hit a uh, <laughs> painful reality check in this game. The Wolves would hang on to small leads throughout the game. The only <laughs> Denver would take their first lead in that in the in the overtime period. Their first lead in the overtime period since it was nineteen to eighteen. 19 to 18. That's insane. Way back in the first quarter. So that just shows you how the Wolves were hanging on to small leads and then Denver would match it and tie it back up. Small lead, match it and tie it up. Uh, the Wolves would get to a 10-point lead and the Nuggets would come back. They'd match our every move. And that's what kind of game this was. It, it had that Game 7 feel to it. And that's what it was. It was a single elimination NCAA tournament type of game. And, well, unfortunately, usually the play-in type of teams don't get very far after they get the, get into the tournament, and probably the Wolves' case with the Houston Rockets, but at least it's best out of seven. A <laughs> single elimination probably wouldn't do us many favors. I didn't like the way the Wolves handled the last few minutes of that fourth quarter. They were winning. Jamal Murray obviously hit the clutch three-pointer to tie it up, and, of course, uh, <laughs> did his little whatever he does. Um... But then again, I appreciate what Taj Gibson was able to do, literally stripping the ball out of Jokic's hands. That guy killed Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves throughout the night. I mean, 35 points. He was all over the place, hitting three-pointers, putting his back to the basket for those powerful baby hooks, just like he did in Denver a week ago, literally a week ago. A tough, tough loss for the Timberwolves in that one. Uh, Jokic, though, my lord. My lord, the, the whole night, he played like it was Game 7, and he put a valiant effort in for the Denver Nuggets. Gary Harris back with the Nuggets again, did not have a special game off the bench. Only 10, well, 10 points isn't that bad, but he didn't shoot particularly well. Um, Nikola Jokic, though, whew, he looks like a 10-time All-Star out there. And, of course, Jamal Murray, as I'll continue to say, that's the guy I wanted. I mean, check Timberwolves' explosion pre-draft two years ago, and you'll hear the truth. I was all over Jamal Murray. Oh, um, lots of you Timberwolves Explosion listeners that have been around for a while and listened to every show or every other show or whatever, you probably often would listen to that one, and you would remember that, or if you go back, you can hear it again. Again, I was all over Jamal Murray. I wanted him on this team, and then it's like, okay, Chris Dunn, though, that could be intriguing, and Rubio, it's getting more and more frustrating with him. He, he can't shoot. He's kind of slow, and his defense is good sometimes, and then it's not good. He, he's kind of a gambler like Corey Brewer. Like, he'll get steals, which are nice, but his overall man-on defense is mediocre at best, where Chris Dunn's more of a man-on defender who can completely shut people down. And gotta love what Chris Dunn brings, and he does bring it. Uh, but then there's Jamal Murray. Mm. <laughs> it was literally between Jamal Murray and Chris Dunn for me. And Jamal Murray, I thought, had the brighter future. Chris Dunn had the more immediate future, this and that, and he, and he could potentially satisfy a need. You also already had Zach Levine. That's what concerned me a bit. Zach Levine and Andrew Wiggins. It would have been three guys kind of playing similar positions there, the whole swingman type of thing. 
where Jamal Murray's more of a natural shooting guard. Obviously, the athleticism and his ability, his ability in traffic, pardon me, and that three-point shot, absolutely awesome. And I love what Jamal Murray's game brings. I don't like the cockiness. I never have. That's why I don't like Steph Curry, guys like that, you know. That's why I don't like Steph Curry. I don't like cockiness from anybody. I just like players to go out and play. You know, Kevin Durant was much better about that over the course of his career. Dwayne Wade, generally speaking, was better. Stuff, stuff like that. There's always going to be some arrogance, some ego, but it doesn't come off as much from certain guys than others. That's what I don't like. And, you know, it's not the end of the day, or it's not the end of the world, but I, I just, you know, some people are, some people love it. Some people aren't a big fan. I'm not a big fan of that, but I'm a gigantic fan of Jamal Murray's game, and his future is fantastic. When I heard he was going to Denver, I was not happy. Because I know how I feel about the Denver Nuggets. They're one of the teams that gets under my skin. Them and the Portland Trailblazers get under my skin. I don't know what it is. It's all the years of close games and, and the annoying, annoying as hell fan bases in Portland and Denver. Because either their city hasn't had a whole lot of success in this. Well, basically the Nuggets haven't had a whole lot of success. And the Blazers have had some but not much, you know, not much. They've had some success, and it's the only team they have, and they're just the kind of fan base that acts like, you come near my team, and I'm, you know, <laughs> we're going to curse you out about every little thing, every little thing you do. It's kind of like that, and it's too much. So, it drives me crazy. Yeah, I think you get the idea, though. A little bit over-the-top, obnoxious fan base that's not a... that. You know, I'm sure their knowledge of the game is good, but some of them might be a little bandwagony when their team's playing a little better, that type of thing, and it can get under your skin. Warriors fans, yeah, enter that too sometimes, <laughs> just a little bit. So, yeah, I'm kind of going down a path I don't need to. Sorry, <laughs> unnecessary for this show. Um, a back-and-forth game, though. This had that Game 7 feel, that Sacramento Kings get all the Uzis and the silencers and all that, just like Garnett said. That was Garnett's defining moment of his career in Minnesota, I would say. Generally speaking, and I know some of you think Garnett was clutch all the time. No, he wasn't. But he was very good in that Sacramento game, and I will give him credit right here and right now, just like I would have if I was podcasting back then, back in 03, 04. Podcasts were very rare back then, and I wish I kind of was. I probably could have. <laughs> I would have been a little bit more goofy, but still not too bad. Um, not as quote-unquote polished, I guess, after 10 years of podcasting. Though some of you might say I'm still not very polished. <laughs> I'm never going to be fully orthodox. That's a given. <laughs> I'm not politically correct like some other people out there, uh, like most other people. Um, but yes, Garnett did bring it in that game, and that was awesome. I thought Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler brought it big time in this game, and it had that Game 7 feel. Jimmy Butler, awesome, getting... Uh, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line and such. Ended up finishing with 31 points. Like I was saying, though, I didn't like the last shot. And it was kind of like what he did in Chicago, too. The same stupid play. You know, you inbound the ball and you go for this faraway fadeaway shot that's like one in, maybe a one in five chance it's going to go in at best. Maybe a one in ten chance it's going to go in. Why? Why are you doing that? You're, you're putting your team at risk here. Now we got to go to overtime, possibly. And in that case, Denver still had a shot. But luckily, Jokic... Got stripped by Taj Gibson, forced things into overtime as the Wolves wouldn't get a good shot away. They inbounded it to Jamal Crawford, who heaved it from half court. That's high percentage. Oh, that was great, great uh, final play of the game drop there. Great. Uh, you know what? If it's up to me, I take my chances inbounding the ball. If it gets picked off, the clock will expire. It's not the end of the day. Why are we heaving it from half court? What are the odds of that going in? You know, come on. 
<laughs> take your chances heaving it close to the basket. If it gets to Carl and he's able to kind of touch it and release it real quick with that 1.6 seconds remaining, chances of that going in are a lot higher than Jamal Crawford heaving it from his waist to the, you know, to the to the rim from near half court. That's not a good shot. It's bullcrap. So that kind of annoyed me too. But luckily, the overtime period, the Nuggets would get a one-point lead, but ultimately the Wolves would pull away down the stretch and Denver's season would come to an end. And Minnesota will be heading to Houston, Texas. Coming up, and that'll be segment number two. Seven-game series, Minnesota versus Houston, just like 96-97. Minnesota versus Houston, and they kicked our ass. Yeah, they did. And they went on to the West Finals where they got their heart broken by the Utah Jazz. A clutch three-point shot in Game 6 by the Utah Jazz, despite the Rockets having... Well, actually, they didn't have home court that game, no. Um, The Utah Jazz pulled away and won that thing. It was a home game for Houston because they were the slight underdog. They were the... They were actually the number three seed, if you can believe it. It's kind of weird to imagine, but uh, that was a, some good teams back then. Utah and Seattle were pretty damn good back then, along with Houston. That Rockets team, of course, had their big three with Barkley, Drexler, and Elijah. And that was, I believe, the first, well, second team, you could say, where you assemble a bunch of veterans. The Bulls were the first one. Assemble a bunch of veterans and hopefully win a couple championships and call it a day. The Celtics were the next one many years later, or generally speaking, Guys trying to assemble younger guys for the most part. Guys closer to their prime, which was what the Heat were, until Dwayne Wade's prime disappeared awfully quick. But there I go, gallivanting somewhere else again. The uh, <laughs> the Alpha Wolf Award, I have to give it to Jimmy Butler. His return made the difference. It made the difference. Carl Anthony Towns had better numbers. He had some unbelievable games. But I'm going to give it to Jimmy Butler, generally speaking. He was huge down the stretch. Jeff Teague and Carl Anthony Towns, really all three of them could get it during the course of this week, and they all deserve honorable mention. I'll give a slight, slight edge to Jimmy Butler for an awesome finish to the season and putting the Wolves in the playoffs. It's just annoying that we lost some of those easy games to Atlanta, to Memphis, you know, multiple games to Memphis this year that we could have won. Two games to Memphis, one game to Atlanta, uh, the Denver game last week. There's 51 wins right there, so... That's that's number three with a bullet. Sucks, but that's life, right? That's life. <laughs> You're not going to win them all, are you? So, again, Alpha Wolf Award, kind of to the three of them, but ultimately uh, Jimmy will get the slight edge. Johnny Flynn Memorial, I don't know. Just myself, I guess, for ripping uh, Tom Thibodeau, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Everybody has a right to question the coach when things aren't, you know, when a coach is known for a certain thing and that certain thing isn't doing well, come on, you know. So, like, if I was known for specialized at something and I'm not doing well at it, that one specific thing you're supposed to be super good at and you're not good at, it's an it's frustrating. Is it the personnel on the floor? Well, I don't know. Sometimes you see improvement, sometimes you don't. So that's where the frustration indeed does come in. But, well, I'm glad the team made the playoffs. The Johnny Flynn Memorial... Generally speaking, I don't really want to give one out right now. I'm just glad the team is in the playoffs. I'm glad they're able to survive. You know, it's like you can't get mad at Lemanya Bialica. Maybe Jamal Crawford wasn't the best this past week. I thought he wasn't. Uh, some of those final plays down the stretch, I think, are Johnny Flynn Memorial-esque. Those final plays, just not good. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Let's take a quick break, and we will preview the NBA playoffs, particularly Minnesota versus Houston, just like... 21 years ago when Charles Barkley, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Clyde Drexler kicked the Wolves' ass. 229 episodes in as my very first Timberwolves playoff show. Well, they never said it would be easy. 
hand, we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two, playoffs preview, and for the first time ever, the Minnesota Timberwolves will be a part of it, and of course, we will lead off with them, because, well, yeah, I better, and then we'll jump into the regular playoffs after that. Minnesota versus the Houston Rockets, our first playoff series in 14 years, and the first time I get to do it here on Timberwolves Explosion. It's crazy it's been that long of a drought, but it is what it is, and there's not much you can do about it. What we also can't do much about now is the matchup, unfortunately. It's the Houston Rockets, 65-17, and 17, which was good enough for first place in the entire NBA and home court advantage throughout the playoffs. Golden State Warriors record not quite at their level. They won 58 games, which is exactly how many games the Wolves won when we were the number one seed in the West and when the Houston Rockets won the NBA championship way back in uh, the 93-94 season when they actually had that decent record. So... Anything can happen there. I hope the Warriors don't win, but I don't particularly like this Rockets team a whole lot a whole lot either. Chris Paul's not the most likable guy and all that. So, well, let's get started, of course. Nasty season series for the Wolves and the Rockets. And the Rockets, well, yeah, the Houston Rockets beat the Timberwolves 4-0 to zero in the season series. Not a pretty thing at all. On January 18th, it was 116.98. On February 13th, it was 126.108. On February 23rd, 120-102, and in Target Center on March the 18th, 129-120. That game was decent for a little while, but generally speaking, the defense for the Timberwolves on the perimeter, not good. And the Houston Rockets are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, if not the best. In fact, they're downright outstanding. They make it look easy, and they do it early. They do it often. At the end of the day, their percentage isn't that high, but they sure make a hell of a lot of them. James Harden is most likely going to win the MVP for this season with spectacular numbers. Uh, 30.4 points a game, almost two steals a game, so more of a gambler. He's not a great defender, but he gets steals. So, okay, same for Chris Paul, 1.7. Trevor Ariza even adding 1.5 steals a game, 8.8 assists for Harden, 7.9 assists for Chris Paul. That's pretty rare that you see two guys with about 8 or more assists a game. That's... Pretty damn amazing when you sit down and look at that. Uh, Chris Paul missed a number of games. He only wound up with 58 games on the season. But what else is new? Even James Harden missed 10 games during the course of the season. But still, definitely the front runner and the lead guy for the MVP of the season award. Clint Capella, I talk about him all the time. A glue guy who I love very much. I wish he was on the Wolves. He's frustrating to play against. By the way, the Houston Rockets finished the season, the regular season with the loss. They could have had 66 wins, but didn't get the job done there. Oh, well. Um, Clint Capella, though, about 14 points, 11 rebounds a game, two blocks. Kind of guy the Wolves would love to have, but unfortunately we don't. Uh, Gerald Green was a nice addition during the course of the season, about 12 points a game, and he got into it a little bit with Gorgie Zhang last time around. That was entertaining, but unfortunately... Things didn't end well as they were going for a little while there between <laughs> the Timberwolves and obviously the Rockets in a game where Chris Paul and Gorgie Zhang got a little bit uh, a, a little bit testy. But again, that's going to happen at the end of the day. Uh, Luke Richard Mamute, another defensive specialist and former Timberwolf. Again, Gerald Green and Luke Richard Mamute, former Timberwolves. Uh, Ryan Anderson, of course, a guy who could shoot threes in his sleep. Uh, his percentage hasn't been reflecting it. He's had a little drop-off of late. His, po- his points per game, too. So he's had a bit of a drop-off. He's not been as healthy as he would like. But, well, he can still hit him, and I'm sure he'll hit him against us because that's just how it is. Certain guys always kill us, and he's one of them, unfortunately. That's my fear. You got Vince's guy, former Laker Tariq Black, also a part of the Houston Rockets, but 
doesn't play a whole lot, kind of further down the bench there, and he hasn't played in every game, that's for sure. But again, probably a lot of DNPs there. Uh, P.J. Tucker, a guy the Timberwolves would have liked probably many times over to add some help defensively. But at least we have Taj Gibson for that, I suppose, when you're looking at a uh, defensive forward that can either start or come off the bench. Uh, P.J. Tucker played all 82 games. Talk about glue guy. So definitely a huge factor for the Rockets if they're going to make a championship run this year. And I suspect they will <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to be fun to be back, but unfortunately it's going to be a reality check, I think. This matchup sucks. Uh, if there's a if there's a worse matchup for the Timberwolves in the NBA this season, I don't know who it is. And really over the last couple of years, um, the Wolves had a couple of good games last year against Houston, I suppose, but they ended up losing the game. Houston was already showing signs of where they were heading very quickly in the Dan Tony era. The, the coach formerly known as Mr. Pringles, is, of course his Pringles mustache is now gone. It's missing in action. I know Vince Germano's not a big fan of uh, Dan Tony, and I, well, maybe that that will be the undoing of the Rockets. As last postseason, the way the Rockets' season ended, it was pretty weird. Um, the Spurs just ran them right out of the gym in that final game there, in that sixth game. They were just literally, it was the strangest thing you ever saw was uh, James Harden and Dan Tony just kind of staring blankly, almost like they were haunted by ghosts or or possessed by ghosts or something weird like that at halftime of the, of the game that ended up ending the Rockets' season last year. It was the strangest, darndest thing. I don't know if somebody was hurt or what the deal was, but, well, they all played. The same players played in that game after that, and things just went downhill, and I don't know. It was the oddest, strangest thing. Uh, Chris Paul, this is his opportunity. Chris Paul, this is his chance to finally go on a major playoff run, and if he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't, I guess. Well, we'll see if he stays healthy. Let's talk about our guys a little bit, because, damn it, it's about us too, right? This is a Timberwolves broadcast, but again, we got to look at our opponents. Well, these type of upsets basically never happen. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets beat the Seattle Supersonics after going down 2-0 back in the three uh, best of five. That That is, you have to win three games to win the series. They were down two games to zero. Nuggets came back. Won both games in Denver and then won the whole thing in Seattle in Game 5. That was pretty amazing. You had the New York Knicks also years ago. And then you had the Golden State Warriors with uh, Don Nelson and Baron Davis knock off his former team, Don Nelson's former team, the Dallas Mavericks, just a year after he had left. <laughs> and the Dallas Mavericks went to the NBA Finals with Avery Johnson only to lose to Pat Riley. D. Wayne Wade, Shaquille O'Neal, and the Miami Heat back in 06. So things happen sometimes. I don't know. I mean, it's going to take a lot for this team to beat the Rockets. Um, the matchup has been terrible. I got to think that Warriors team actually played well, and that Mavericks team was very vulnerable as well. So they were a bit emotionally beat after losing the finals the year before. So they uh, obviously showed some mental weakness a year before anyway. So the possibility did exist coming in. Houston does have mental weakness, and that's what could be their undoing. That's the only hope here, is that for some odd reason, they just disappear and shrink when the, when, when the, when the light shines brightest. You're literally going to need big boy games, and, you know, you got to get the ball to Carl Anthony Towns. I know they're going to be fronting him. They're going to be getting in the way. They're going to be taking away the passing lanes as best possible. The best way to stop a great big man is to deny him the ball. I mean, you know. That's the best way to do it. If he can't have the, if he can't get the ball, what's he going to do? But again, if you can get Carl Anthony Towns to at least twenty shots a game, I heard Jonathan Middleton out there from Maranatha. I don't know if he mentioned. Obviously, we're all formerly from Maranatha, long, long ago in a galaxy far away. Maranatha Christian Academy um, mentioned that about the Denver game that that uh, Carl needed twenty shots at least. And yes, this needs to continue throughout the series. 
But obviously you need big boy play from Jimmy Butler, of course. Without the crazy hero ball, unless he's hotter than you know what, then okay, sure. Go ahead and uh, have have a little hero ball, but don't be too crazy if humanly possible, Jimmy Butler. But you're going to need big boy games from your big boy players. You're going to need strong focus defense from the Iron Man, Andrew Wiggins, and fellow Iron Man, Carl Anthony Towns. These two guys don't miss games at all. 82 games for Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. And Tyus Jones and Todd Gibson, just Iron Man out there. Very impressive what they were able to accomplish. And, and uh, Jamal Crawford, the ageless wonder, played 80 games. He had to miss a couple games for personal reasons. So, again, at 37 years old, he just hangs on. And it's unbelievable how Jamal Crawford is able to do that. He's now 38 as of March. So, quite a spectacle. It's really amazing what Jamal Crawford has been able to do. Uh, Nemanja Bialica getting meaningful minutes and getting opportunities out there would be paramount for the Timberwolves' success if they're going to beat this Houston team. He's the best three-point shooter on the Wolves, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, but then again, you could say Carl is, as Carl's three-point percentage is actually 42%, but when Nemanja is on, he is incredible, his value, a, a stretch four. Obviously, Carl, you could say, is a stretch five, but then again, he can be a power forward as well, kind of both, depending on the situation. But we don't have anybody bigger than Carl Anthony Towns on the roster to really come out and say, Carl Anthony Towns is moving over to power forward, whereas we did have that in the few games we had Nikola Pekovic. That would be kind of helpful against the Rockets, but I'm sure Clint Capella would kind of have his way around uh, Nikola Pekovic on the other side. So that's the unfortunate thought. Uh, Derek Rose, you're going to need patience. You're going to need him driving to the basket, those nice little drives and dishes. That's where Derek Rose's value can, can come up. Not too many shots. If if he's jacking up stupid shots, then he's got to sit down, and too bad. That's just how it goes. But when Derrick Rose brings that energy and is able to attack the basket, obviously going off the glass, no kidding, uh, stuff like that, that'll really help us. But if he's playing a little J.J. Barea, launching threes, when it's just not his game right now, not the time or the place for it either, at least in his case, unless he's hotter than you know what, we don't need that. And that's going to basically have the Wolves losing by 25 points to the Rockets, if if you have somebody out there gunning stupid shots, like Anthony Peeler style. That's what done the Wolves in in the past, was when Anthony Peeler was just jacking up shots, and it killed the Wolves in multiple playoff series years ago. Uh, Jeff Teague, of course, he's had some good games against the Rockets, and he's, oh man, when Jeff Teague plays well, this team is in good shape, at least most of the time. He had a good game against the Memphis Grizzlies when he lost. He was the only bright, he was the only, the only one of the only bright spots, but generally speaking, if Jeff Teague is on his game, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I like the little lineup when you have Teague, Rose, and Crawford out there with Butler and Towns. That's entertaining stuff. It's a very entertaining group of players. Maybe you have Wiggins instead of Crawford or so on and so forth. It's an entertaining group of players in that situation, but we'll see. Uh, you might be able to get away with it for a little while against the Rockets, hopefully. Um, they're not the largest team in the world, so you can probably get that going. And if it's, if it's working, it's working. It's kind of like hockey in a sense. It's like a line, I guess you could say, like a hockey line, <laughs> I guess. But really, at the end of the day, it's called small ball, where Jimmy Butler is actually playing power forward, and he's more than capable of doing it, as he can guard all five positions at the end of the day. That's where Jimmy Butler's value is so high. Uh, again, though, you're going to need some an incredible defense, some shockingly good defense. That's how the Wolves beat the Warriors on... Um, earlier this season, and of course, back in that wonderful April game a couple years back when Sam Mitchell was still the coach. Uh, Sam Mitchell was on Dan Barrero just yesterday, and it was awesome. <laughs> I loved that interview, and he was continually, he was saying basically, Andrew, 
we don't need you. He would, he was, he would take him aside literally and say, Andrew, we don't need you to score in this series. We need you to defend. And, you know, and it's, it's that simple, not necessarily, uh, you know, you don't need to yell at him or anything. Just take him aside and gently have a conversation with him that if, you know, you don't need to take some of these crazy, uh, you know, long two point shots, basically, and focus defensively. That's the hope the Timberwolves might have in this series. Does it come to a point where no matter how well the Wolves play, the Rockets are still going to win this in four or five or something like that, or six at best? Maybe that might end up being the case, but nobody's invincible. And of course, this team has a bunch of players on it that have failed in the playoffs before. James Harden in the 2012 NBA Finals. Thunder fans, all of you guys that thought you were all that and that the Miami Heat and all that were just a bunch of shrinking violets and they were just arrogant or whatever the hell they were because, uh, you know, they're picking their five, six, seven championships, this and that. But at the end of the day, who shrank, at, who shrank when it mattered most? It was James Harden in a big way. He still got his big cron, uh, contract, and he wound up going to the Rockets immediately in, during that offseason. But he has shrunk in the playoffs multiple occasions, and he had a lousy NBA Finals. That could be the undoing of the Rockets, but will it be the undoing in the first round? I don't know. Could it be later rounds? Very possible. But I think this team has a very good chance of going all the way, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Taj Gibson's value in this series is incredible, of course. His value is always incredible, but obviously his strength and his defense and his durability is paramount for the success of this team. I keep using that word because there's a lot of <laughs> items that need to go very well for the Timberwolves to have a, a chance in this series. Taj Gibson needs to be strong, focused in the, throughout this, this series. Obviously, uh, defensively, this and that. He'll be a huge key. And, of course, getting some of those easy baskets uh, close to the rim there. We, we, we need that as best possible. You're going to need to score any way you can against this team. You don't want to necessarily get in a shootout because you're not going to win, obviously. Um, you have players in this team that can shoot threes. Carl Anthony Towns and Amanya Bielitsa. Wiggins had a nice game against the Nuggets from downtown, and Teague sometimes can be really good also from downtown, 37% during the course of the season. But when he's on, he's wonderful. But obviously, you don't want to be launching threes nonstop unless you're hotter than you know what, and then you end up escaping with a win in game one or something. That would be quite cool if the Wolves were able to do that. Uh, Crawford, only 33% from downtown this year. Just too many threes jacked up and not necessarily at good times, good places. Wiggins actually leads the team in attempts and same three-point percentage as uh, Jamal Crawford. Disappointing. He makes one-third of his threes. In fact, slightly, and I mean slightly less than one-third of them. And again, that's not helpful for this team's success down the stretch if you have any hope of beating this Houston team. And you won't if you're going to be doing that. If they're going to need to get easy baskets, driving to the hoop if possible, take advantage of certain players not being ready, on occasion, hopefully, uh, getting to the free throw line, this and that, and that's the hope the Timberwolves have in this series. Uh, and just, again, hope to God he, your shots are falling, and because if they're not, the game's over pretty much right away. If you're playing in shots and if, if your legs aren't where they need to be, this and that, the series will be over very quickly. I do think Houston is too much for the Wolves, but I think the Wolves will win a playoff game. <laughs> I think the Wolves win a, will win a playoff game, and the Houston Rockets will win this in five, unfortunately. At the end of the day, I would like to see it go very different, but I think the Wolves will win their first game against the Rockets this year. And when, you, when you're playing the same team this many times, you're bound to come through with something. I don't think Houston's so much better than the Wolves that they're just going to wipe the floor with us in every single game. I think Minnesota escapes with at least one win, but at the end of the day, it's an awful matchup, and the Rockets win in five. So 
We're going to bounce around a little bit more throughout the conference and such. Let's go to the East first, though. I think the Toronto Raptors, Washington Wizards. Wow, that's a, that's an interesting matchup when you look at that at the end of the day that the, the Washington Wizards wound up as the as the eighth seed. Huh, just kind of like the Wolves winding up as the eighth seed. You think they deserve a little better, right? I think the Wolves deserve better. And it's those silly games like I talked about in segment number one that cost you dearly. I mean, you could so easily be third. We could be playing the Pelicans and Target Center in game one. Wouldn't that be cool? And look at the Wolves' record against the Pelicans this year. Oh, that's right, 3-0. and So things would be quite different. Um, obviously, if they're number three seed, well, then you'd more than likely be playing the Golden State Warriors in the next round. So that would be interesting. The Wolves have played the Warriors fairly well this year when Steph Curry was out anyway. And it was a uh, entertaining game without a doubt as well. But the Wolves occasionally do play well against the Warriors when they're not like immortal hitting their threes nonstop. Then there's the hope. And yeah, I mean... Teams that rely on their jump shot don't always have the best game, and then you can then that's when you can escape and steal one, despite being a massive underdog. So yeah, um, let's look at those Washington Wizards very briefly here. I was gonna, I, I was curious how they finished. Yeah, forty three and thirty nine, so nothing spectacular. I'm kind of surprised they dropped off that much. And then their division champion Miami Heat, forty four wins. Yikes. Yep, uh, and luckily they changed the seeding a bit where years ago, even if you had the, you know, no matter what your record was, you could have the worst record of all the playoff teams, but you won your division, so you're three or whatever, depending on how things set up. But, I mean, yeah, it would be three because there's three divisions in each conference. But, yep, they fixed that a few years back in Miami, rightfully sixth in the conference rather than third because that would be a huge shame if Philadelphia wound up being the sixth seed because because of the way the division is setting up. That's a tough division there. Philly finishing third in the Atlantic with 52 wins. So, again, Washington Wizards versus the Toronto Raptors. I think that's going to be like a five-game series. I love how the Raptors have played this year. 59 wins, and they look great. Uh, Dwayne Casey's done a phenomenal job with the Toronto Raptors. I think that series ends in five. They advance to the second round. Pacers and Cavaliers can you believe the Pacers? What a nice season. Uh, Victor Oladipo has been a wonderful addition to that club. Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously. Well, LeBron James finishing strong. He's had, he's had a pretty nice season, but it's been a weird group of players around him. Uh, nice additions at the trade deadline, though. I like the group of players they've added, Jordan Clarkson and such. But how long will it last? Obviously, George Hill's like a perfect fit to a team that needed a point guard, like a real actual point guard out there. That can score as well. But um, we'll see what happens. Cleveland would have to play Toronto in the next round. That's the crazy part. You'd rather see Cleveland and Toronto in the conference final. But, well, <laughs> one of those two is going to be out in the second round. Crazy to think about. That would be a crying shame if either one of them is out that early. But then again, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't cry too much if the Cavaliers are eliminated in round number two. I think the Cavs outlast the Pacers, even though they've historically been a headache for LeBron James in the past with the Miami Heat, per se. And they do have that crazy guy there as well. <laughs> I'm almost forgetting his name, obviously. He played with the Timberwolves last year. Certainly uh, a valuable guy, blowing in LeBron's ear. Well, not valuable, but he drove him a little crazy. And, of course, his defense is, well, it's very much there. <laughs> There's some crazy up Lance Stevenson. And he played all 82 games. Way to stay healthy, Lance. As back with Indiana, 82 games. I had no idea. I had no idea he stayed that healthy boy after last season. It was rough. Al Jefferson has completely vanished off the face of the earth. He's only He only played 13 minutes a game. What a shame. Gosh. Injuries really kind of catching up with him during the course of the season. Only 36 games total. 
Wow. Wow. I liked Al Jefferson an awful lot. That's sad to see that happen. Or Damian Wilkins back from the dead. 19 games this year. He was Al Jefferson's teammate 10 years ago. Or more. <laughs> more. Yeah, I mean, that's back in the day. Crazy. Um, yes. Yep. Kevin Love and Al Jefferson together, if I remember correctly. I believe they played together. Oh, yeah. Kevin Love and Al Jefferson did for a year. I guess Wilkins came the year after Jefferson was... No, no, they did play together. <laughs> Going crazy. But yeah, Lance Stevenson staying healthy for 82 games. Surprising. But good. Good for him. I, just, I had to check up on that. Lance Stevenson. <laughs> Entertaining stuff there. But I think the Cavs outlast the Pacers in six or seven. This one could go a ways. How about seven games? It's not going to look good for the Cavs. It's going to be tough. And I think... Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a tough series for them in the next round again. But uh, we'll go from there. 76ers versus the Miami Heat. Philadelphia finished with 16 wins in a row. Will they be able to carry that momentum into the postseason? Or will the days off kind of slow them down a bit? As that can happen sometimes. But I like the Sixers' chances moving forward. They're going to beat the Miami Heat in five. Maybe even four. I mean, the Sixers look really good right now and good on them. But Joel Embiid hopefully can stay healthy uh, and get healthy anyway with that uh, fractured eye socket. Yikes. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be coming back anytime soon from that one. But uh, unfortunately there. Boston Celtics versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I like the Bucks. I like the season they had. The Celtics ended up finishing all right. I mean, 55 wins. No Kyrie Irving now. Of course, no uh, Gordon Hayward. He's got to get healthy. Obviously, snapping and de dislocating his ankle in the same play in the first few minutes of the season. The first five minutes of the season. And you could hear the snap. And, whew, yeah. Yet still, you could argue not... Well, Ryan Suter's injury was different. Uh, Hayward's was a dislocation and a break where Suter's was a break. And then he also broke the talus, which is the... Uh, you could call it like the ball joint if it's like a car or something, a little ball joint in your ankle that allows them the movement of your ankle to go smoothly, you know. And if that's broken, Ryan Suter's obviously see, has to remain seated. He cannot put any weight on his ankle for four months. So, of course, that's the star defense for the Minnesota Wild. Of course, they talked about that extensively on Brave the Wild, but I figured I'd bring that here in relation to Gordon Hayward. So, tough situation for both of those guys. Um, Boston's chances... Of getting far this year. Boy, I think Philadelphia's got a wide open path to the Eastern Conference Finals. And good on them. Good on them. As we will be, yeah, our, my buddy Raymond Freeman at work. He's a uh, obviously big Philadelphia fan. 76ers, Eagles, of course. We beat the Vikings and all that. We heard about that most of the year. That they were going to beat us. And they did. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia is going to the East Finals. They might go all the way. It's, it's possible. When you sit down and look at this path, it's very possible. But... If, if the Celtics can survive the Bucks in seven games or so, well, I'm not sure they can. I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of like the Bucks, but they're not that good yet. That's the problem. No Kyrie Irving. But then again, I suppose Marcus Smart is good enough to keep them afloat. So I say the Celtics outlast the Bucks in six or seven, and then Philadelphia sweeps the Celtics. They're going to sweep the Celtics. They're going to go to the East Finals easily. Philadelphia is going to lose like maybe one game on their path to the East Finals. I think they're going to play Toronto. I think Toronto outlasts the Cavs in seven games. And then you're going to have an awesome Eastern Conference Finals between the Sixers and the Toronto Raptors. That's going to be something to see, without a doubt. That's going to be like six or seven games, and it's going to be back and forth. There might be some blowouts here and there. But uh, Philadelphia has a very strong chance of going all the way. As long as Toronto survives Cleveland, though, I think they're the 
cream of the crop in the Eastern Conference, and I think Toronto will represent the Eastern Conference this year. Six, I think they're going to just slide past Philadelphia in like seven games. I mean, barely. It's going to be an emotional two- or three-point victory for Toronto in Game 7. And you will see uh, the NBA Finals reach Canadian soil this year for the first time on May the 31st. Of course, that'll probably not be in Toronto. It'll be in somewhere else. Houston Rockets beat the Wolves, like I mentioned, where they will await the Jazz. I think the Jazz are going to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know all of you just love Ricky Rubio, and you know what? Good luck to him, and they've done a wonderful job. It's been an incredible uh, accomplishment they've they've done, an incredible run they've been on the second half of the season. They deserve a lot of credit. They won 48 games this past season, uh, 48 games this season, that is. They lost their final game of the season, which could have put them all the way up to third, possibly, between them or Portland. But the Utah Jazz's chances of advancing very, very high against Oklahoma City Thunder. They have the same record. Oklahoma finished the season strong. The one thing that might be the undoing of the Jazz is, well, Russell Westbrook has dominated Ricky Rubio in the past, and that's what could be the difference. Uh, Russell Westbrook did it again, by the way, another triple-double season and the MVP type of a year, but I think it's going to go to Harden this time because that team is ruling the league right now. Um, it's going to be a good series, like long, six or seven. It's going to be back and forth. You're going to see some ugly scores, I think. This could be a really good first round for the first time in a while because a lot of first rounds have been a lot of blowouts and lame games. So uh, this year I think it's going to be more interesting. Even Toronto and Washington should be a fairly interesting, but not the prettiest matchup in the world. But again, like better games, we'll say. But I, I think Houston is going to, or excuse me, I think Utah is going to actually beat the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder in six. I think they'll win at home in Salt Lake City. They'll advance to play the Rockets, and, well, it's going to be probably a little different story there. Portland versus the Pelicans. Well, Portland's played well, and it's just it just drives you nuts when you look at these records. As the Pelicans, 47, no, 48 wins. Portland, 49 wins, and yet, the you know, it's such a difference. Third to sixth. One game. It's just weird. I mean, the way this Western Conference set up. Why, why does everybody have the same record? So the Spurs and the Timberwolves have the same record. I mean, how often does that happen? <laughs> the last 20 years, since 1997, when Tim Duncan was drafted, after Robinson broke his foot, David Robinson, of course. That's insane. Uh, but Portland is going to, boy, you know, that's going to be like a, that's going to be a close series because, again, these teams are so evenly matched, and it's kind of cool. I like the way the Pelicans have played of late. I think they have a chance to beat the Blazers. It'll be because of their physicality and the Blazers' physicality missing. Of course, they can scorch the net, though, and that could be the difference the other side of things. Portland's home court advantage does make a difference. In the NBA, home court advantage makes a bigger difference than it does in hockey, per se. Like, hockey, you could be the A seed and win the Stanley Cup. In basketball, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not. I mean, ever. Like, you barely ever even get out of the first round. Uh, that's why... You, See, you know, boy, I mean, that's why that's why you almost never see miracle finishes. And if a team does go far, they end up getting beat by somebody near, near the end who was supposed to be there. Somebody much bigger and all that. Up, oh, the Hornets just fired Steve Clifford. So another another firing. There have been firings, of course, this past week. Jeff Hornacek let go and Frank Vogel let go from the Orlando Magic. Not a huge surprise with that one. Kind of a shame. You hate to see people get fired, but it is what it is. Uh, boy, it's a tough matchup. I, I'm going to the Pelicans. I think they're going to somehow do it. They'll advance the Warriors. Are they going to beat the Spurs? It's like they should. No Kawhi Leonard, no Steph Curry. Not going to be the Warriors and uh, Spurs that we know. But, of course, again, you got Kevin Durant and such. 
I think the Warriors will get past the Spurs in five or six, something like that. Probably let's go with five. I mean, the Spurs. I'm surprised they've hung on as long as they have, but I think the Warriors will beat them in like five games. They'll be focused. They'll be ready to go. Pelicans versus Warriors could be a very entertaining matchup. I wouldn't mind seeing Portland versus the Warriors. Portland could give them a run for the money with the three-point shooting, but they're never as good as the Warriors. That's the annoying part. Uh, I mean, the hope is, again, it's Damian Lillard. If Damian Lillard is on his game, the Blazers could could, uh, make things very interesting for not only the Pelicans, but the Warriors. Obviously, the Portland Trailblazers would beat the Pelicans in that case, but I just like what the Brow, the guy formerly known as the Brow anyway, has done with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, Anthony Davis, that I think they're going to outlast the Blazers in six. Uh, Warriors in five, so Houston Rockets will beat the Jazz in six or seven. Let's go with seven games. That series is going to, is gonna well, let's go with six. I think Houston will beat them in Salt Lake City, believe it or not. And the Houston Rockets will advance to the West Finals, where they will play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. This one's going to go to the seventh game. (laughs) It's going to be a good series. Steph Curry will be back, and the Warriors will be back ready to roll. But I think Houston's going to be a little teeny bit better, and I think that home court advantage is going to make a big difference. And it should. And the Houston Rockets need to take advantage of their home court advantage. It'll be a good seven-game series, and I think the Rockets pull away, win by ten or so. Maybe eight, eight, ten, maybe maybe even closer. But the Rockets will pull away like teams usually do. Teams that are ready and primed to go as long as they can stay healthy. And they will face the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals, who they will beat in five games. <laughs> five or six games at the end of the day. And your Houston Rockets are the world champions for 2018. So with that, we'll take a quick break and we'll get to fan interaction right after this. back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, of course, final segment of this episode, and of course, the fan interaction, so at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account, because Timberwolves Explosion doesn't fit, or at least it didn't early on, so we're sticking with that now. want to thank uh, Vince Germano from Australia, Tanae Brown, and Levi Brown from New Zealand for retweeting the most recent episode, 228, and Snarky McSnarks, and also thank you for the retweets and the likes there. From Snarky, thank you very much for retweeting the recent show. The Pumpa, the Pumpa out of Australia says, All you gotta do is get in the playoffs, mate. Doesn't matter how close you were to missing out, I rate your blokes. And thank you very much for that. And of course, it's uh, uh, the Pumpa is from Bendigo, Australia. So thank you again for joining the show, and I, I appreciate it very much. Uh, it's nice to finally get in, doesn't it? It's, been a, it's about time. Um, sorry I didn't like and retweet that. I was going to, and then I get distracted all the time, because usually I see it when I'm at work, and then it's like, it's just non-stop, go, go, go there, it seems like. But thank you, Pumpa, for that. Of course, Reese Padretti there. And, yeah, it's been a, you know, it's, that's the thing. I mean, look, look at the Denver Nuggets. They're three games out from the third seed in the West. That's insane. It's just, that's the problem. It's, it was too damn close. You could have a great season and still, well, good season and still miss the playoffs. And you could be okay in terms of, you know, you're in the playoffs and be the number three seed like Portland. I mean, they didn't even win 50 games. So 
it's crazy. So I guess we couldn't get too mad if we missed. It would just be frustrating. Like, uh, seriously, we were that close to, to having home court advantage, at least in the first round. Well, probably not in the second, but yeah. <laughs> Levi Brown out of New Zealand says, the Wolves are back in the postseason. My picks for round one, Warriors, Raptors, 76ers, Pelicans. Yep, good pick there. Celtics, Cavs and Jazz, and Rockets and Force. And yep, that's a, that's a sweep there in terms of yeah, both of us agree completely on those, including the Jazz and the Pelicans. So good picks there. He didn't pick the Blazers or OKC. And of course, Levi Brown has been an OKC Thunder fan as there's his, uh, there's his jersey right there, though, in, in his picture on Twitter, on Twitter there. So... Yeah, I think that's pretty much exactly what's going to happen. And yes, the Rockets will beat the Timberwolves. It's just, you got to be honest. I'd love to pick the Wolves to win, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> It'd be awesome, though. Okay, that is... Hmm. Snarky McPherson, thanks for the follow. We can tell you're our, you're our kind of sports fan. So yeah, it's one of those robot responses. But still, thank you for the follow. Regardless, um, to the Facebook page, first we'll give a shout-out to Flips Army, the Flips Army Facebook page. I want to thank uh, Trevor Wickerin for allowing me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on the Facebook page. So thank you again for that. I, the least I can do is give them a shout-out and wonderful in-game threads and, of course, just other conversation with the Timberwolves during the courses of each and every week. It's fun to keep up with that page and I encourage you to join that. And a lot of you have, so very cool. Let's get to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. It's a bit quiet, but we did hear from Wayne Hunt there of the Courtside Podcast. I want to give a giant shout-out to the Courtside, Wayne Hunt, Vince Germano, and Stu Benson, all out of Australia. Of course, different parts of Australia in, in terms of, uh, obviously, location. Vince Germano is from Wellborn, and Wayne Hunt is from Sydney, and I do believe Stu also is from Sydney. Stu Benson, of course, they've been doing that show for quite a while. Uh, Wayne Hunt and Vince Germano used to be with uh, BG Buckets Magazine editor BG there. <laughs> so, but yep, uh, over the course of time, Bob the Buckets guy left, and it was Vince and, and uh, Wayne for a while, Wayne and Vince for a while, and then Stu Benson the last year has joined. So, obviously, nice to have a three man show there, but the two man show was awesome as well. Thank you guys always for giving me a shout out and shares and likes on Twitter and such. Thanks again. So, Wayne Hunt says, Congratulations, Joey. The drought ends. Though both teams nearly wet the bed, I'm happy the young car <laughs> gets some playoff experience against Houston. Maybe next year. Don't leave it to the very last game of the season, though. LOL. Yeah, that's for sure. It's too bad that it wound up that way, but then again, that was that was the Northwest Division this year. That was nuts. So, cool. Nice points here coming up. Wayne Hunt says, I really hope Wolves fans can just enjoy the playoffs without, without shitting on everyone on the roster. Yep. <laughs> You can say what you want about the coach and his rotations, or lack thereof, but there are a few things he is great at. Building a roster, look what he gave you this season. It will improve next season. Again, next season. Yeah, that was a pretty good, it was, it was put together pretty well, obviously. I like Jeff Teague, a lot of people don't, and a lot of people do. Uh, debated thing between him and Rubio, it's going to be like that forever. It's going to be, yeah, well, it's going to be like a lot of presidential elections. This is so close, and we like this guy, hate that guy, this and that. And that's kind of how it's been for a while already this season. It's going to be an ongoing debate. Timberwolves fans, civil war, yeah, basically, right? <laughs> mm, it's crazy. So number two, he says, getting the job done gets you to the playoffs in his second year, and that's helpful. Number three, hard-nosed and committed that's respect around the league that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. 
Yeah, he's certainly committed. I mean, a few weeks ago when we had a lot of snow, which we're going to have again this weekend, which is insane, it just keeps coming. It's kind of turning into 2008, that year we had that, and 2013, where he actually, when Flip Saunders was at his press conference as the new president of basketball operations for the Timberwolves and possible coach, it was going to be a decision at some point, but when he came in, it was snowing on the ground on May the 3rd. It wasn't that crazy, though. It was just like a trace, and it was the wet stuff that, you know, that just you know melts right away. But still, it was snowing on May the 3rd. It was pretty crazy. So it happens. Um, 2013 was a very long winter from what I remember. 14 also, of course. That was the year of the polar vortex. So that was a really long winter and extremely cold. Um, yeah, it was nuts. So, yeah. The point, though, that I was trying to make was during that snowstorm, now that I've drugged this out way too far, uh, Tom Thibodeau is so dedicated to his job in the Target Center. Obviously, he was in the you know the, his his bunker there in the Target Center. He didn't even know about the storm at all. He just was like, "Oh, it snowed. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy." That tells you how into his job he is. So he didn't even know about it, and that's what they that's what you've been hearing in the media. This is like the last couple of weeks here. That's how Tom Thibodeau is. Uh, like him, hate him. He is a uh, you know, he's not the biggest social guy. You know, I can't say I am either. I'm almost kind of like him. If I had a job like that, I guess I'd be the same way. Maybe I wouldn't be yelling as much, but that's about the only difference. <laughs> that's about the only difference. I'd be about the same way. So sometimes that's just how some people are. So we'll wrap up what uh, uh, Wayne says here. He says, I'm just saying it might be a good time to reflect on how far this Wolves team has become before the playoffs start. Congrats against Wolves fans, Wayno. And thank you again, Wayno, for that. And uh, greatly appreciated with uh, the comments there and the thought process. Hey, you know, you sit down and you reflect on, again, I mean, we could have been the number three seed with just a couple little wins. So, And a lot of us would be feeling a hell of a lot better with that number three seed. It might not be the easiest matchup in the world, but maybe you get to the second round right away and you don't have to wait six years, seven years for the Timberwolves to advance past the first round. Because again, like I said in segment number one, it took that long and then you finally advance and you actually get to the West Finals and you don't return for 14 bleeping years. So it's crazy. It's like you just lose in the first round every year. You finally get past the first round and you're done forever. That's that's nuts. So Dan May will wrap up the face of page and the show in the fan interaction segment. He says, I know it won't happen, but I wish they would destroy Houston. I bleepin' can't stand Harden. The dude flops, but complains when he fouls. He doesn't touch the other guy. Yep. When he fouls, he doesn't touch. Yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> I've lost respect for Chris Paul. Me too. Plus, he will probably strain his something or other, and the coach can eat a bag of dicks. Woo, yep. A lot of people do not like Dan Tony. Because this or that, you know, mostly just all offense, no defense, and uh, we need to get some stops. Like Vince Germano used to make fun of uh, Dan Tony when he was the Lakers coach. I believe Dan May is an OKC fan, and I can understand why he wouldn't stand Harden because he let you guys down and then spurned you the next year. That that was bullcrap too. So I, I I agree. I I don't really like Harden either. He's he. I don't know. He, he seems kind of like yeah. Again, like a shrinking violet, a guy who's just gonna kind of. <laughs> a guy who's going to let you down when it matters most, and we'll see if it happens again. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen right now. And, of course, Chris Paul. I stopped liking him the day he joined the Clippers, and even, like, his last few, his last years, last few months of the Pella, uh, Pella, the Pella Hornets, the New Orleans Hornets, before they became the Pelicans, to make things more confusing, obviously. Um, he... <laughs> 
Yeah, just, you know, he talking about a flop artist, and Marcus the Forecaster would call it the tornado flop because he would literally spin around like he was shot, shot and pushed at the same time when pretty much nothing happened. Um, it's a bunch of BS, and the NBA is filled with that, and that's ultimately why a lot of people just shoot threes now because they want no contact, and every time there's contact, somebody's going to flop. So the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the way to avoid flopping, guys flopping on you, is to shoot three-pointers. So that was the approach. That's why you don't see as much driving to the basket, which is a big drag, because I love driving to the basket, but that flopping was ruining the game. And guys taking charges, supposedly, every single play is ruining the game, and it drove me nuts. And now the uh, now the other side of it is guys shoot threes nonstop, and they got good at it. So, And you had a team become so good at it, they won two championships, and maybe Houston will be similar in that sense. But then again, you got the super flop artists on the other side of the ball too. So, yeah, it kind of is what it is. So thanks, guys, again for the uh, inclusion on the show. I appreciate it oh so very much, and I always appreciate the shout-outs on the Courtside Podcast. Love it very much. Thanks again. So I want to encourage you guys to join this show. Of course, like I mentioned, the Twitter account, the Facebook page, but there's also joining in via audio submission or call-in. The phone lines are 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion and do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. It's a three-minute limit with the voicemail because it actually is a voicemail, so it kind of is what it is there. Then there's the Call Now button on the Facebook page, which takes you to the same phone line through Facebook Messenger, and that way it's free no matter where you're from. You can get in that way, same three-minute limit and all that. And then there's the audio submission route, which is unlimited. You simply use the voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, so as long as you're connected to some kind of Wi-Fi or whatever, you're good to go and, and able to send it and all that. So what you do there, you record it for, well, you know, maybe keep it to five minutes, but you can go longer. I'm just saying there's no limit. You're not going to get cut off right at three minutes. So you're safer there in that sense. <clears throat> you save it, and then you email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description for copy and paste purposes or just simply, oh, that's, that's what it is. Okay, send, and then there you go. I will then convert it to an MP3 file so we can work with Audacity via zamzar.com or Converto. Always thank those websites for allowing me to do that. That's awesome and very valuable to have, especially when you don't have to pay anything unless it's a much larger file than you do. <laughs> Which luckily, I haven't had to do that very often. So again, I want to thank you guys for listening. Please do tell your friends about the show. Give Timberwolves Explosion a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. It'll be greatly appreciated. And any type of uh, review is worth its weight in gold, as long as it's not some bullcrap negative one where they always got to write an essay about stuff that they don't know anything about. And once in a blue moon, you get that. But luckily, I haven't had that on this show that I know about. (laughs) So thanks again. God bless you. And we'll talk to you hopefully in a week, depending on how things go with the sporadic weather. But... I don't know. I'll find a very good chance I'll be here Friday again, which is kind of weird. But, uh, well, go Wolves. We're finally in the playoffs.